is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. That's right, Dan here. And you know what? We have got an action packed look into the start of the Chelsea women's preseason campaign. That's right, they are back. We're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down today. No, Brandon and Nick, it's mainly because we're releasing five pods this week, probably close to 20 in August. So you know what? Abdullah is back. He's talking Chelsea women with us. We're going to have some fun. It's also because I missed out on the last one, Abdullah. And so I felt like a little bit like I had lost the me time. And so now I want to get that back so that we can you know, break this down together. Of course. I mean, yeah, you know, like I, it's, it's like I'm taking in turns right now. I had, I had a, I had a, an episode with, with Nick and Nick and Brandon. And now I get to have one with you. Maybe the next one we have it with everybody together. Maybe then mm. I only have it with Nick. You know, I think at this point we're just going through the combinations, seeing what works. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of uh, a pull at the slot machine. We don't know necessarily which three boxes are going to hit, but what they do, we'll use that to come up with the next one, but we've got plenty to talk about. Chelsea women are back. They played Arsenal, a preseason match. If you paid the £7.99, you had a chance to see that streamed along with the men's match today. You also had a chance, maybe, if you're watching the Olympics, had a chance to see how the Chelsea women are getting on there because not every Chelsea women's player, in fact, 11 of them, have actually not even made it back into Emma's side yet because they are still just lighting it up on the international stage. So we're going to talk about both those things. But before we get into that, I think the one piece of news regarding the women's team that came out from the last time we talked about them is the wall, the biggest wall in all of London and Katrenberger signs a five-year extension, tying her to the club until 2026, just initial Thoughts, reactions, feelings, Abdullah, how excited are you that we've locked up this gem for in our in our in 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 between the sticks for that long? Kind of kind of I think probably one of the more important signings of the season already. And I know that we're still waiting for more more new signings, but I think in terms of like keeping players at the club, I think keeping Ian Katchenberger is super important just because you look around the world. If she were to go, who do you replace her with that's ready-made to play in a Champions League and play in a title-winning team? I mean, you're not going to be able to go to your, your rivals at the same level as you'll be able to pick them up. I mean, Endler just moved from PSG to Lyon, so that was a, a very rare move, end of a contract. But so I think, I think you know, Katrenberger's in that top conversation of top three best uh, in the world. So when you've got her for the five years and she's at her peak, right, goalkeepers can play late into their 30s. And she's, what, 30 years old now, if I'm not wrong? So we've we basically got her for the, the best part of her career and um, uh, bailed us, bailed Chelsea out last season, you know, a number of times. So, um, you know, it's exciting, exciting news today. Well, she definitely had a bunch of penalty saves in the Champions League run that were very memorable. Also, some really just timely work that she's been able to do and really had a chance to, I think it was effectually called by some people babysitting some of the Chelsea squad today, given the amount of debuts from the women's side of the academy in this match versus Arsenal today. But I think in general, we're super excited and Katchenberger tied up for that extension. Uh, she is... 30. Uh, she'll be 31 on October 9th of this year. So uh, we'll have to celebrate the birthday for her at that fun point. Fact. But yeah, in I got general, a fun fact she's, for you. 
Oh yeah, what's that? She's got the same birthday as me. Just realized it. <laughs> oh, okay, well, we'll have to pencil that in. Well, that, it makes it's gonna make it easier to remember now. Now that we've there got a go. connection. <laughs> <laughs> me and Anne Catherine had the same birthday, and I was gonna be thirty, so we born on the same day. Probably, I don't even know if we born at the same time. So there you go. That's something. Matched. Uh, there's there's a connection there. It's interesting. We'll, we'll <laughs> dig in that at a later point, but we will get into this preseason performance. So. Look, it was a very fresh-faced Chelsea side. We were missing many of the key cogs, along with Emma Hayes. Just shout out to her. She was a little under the weather. Paul Green steps in, ends up leading the side today. But it's a loss to Arsenal. 2-1, first preseason match. Arsenal have also had a little more time with their preseason preparations. They've played a few more matches, so they're going to be just a touch ahead there. But we're going to get started the same way we would with any match. It's a match review, the three-word match review. Abdullah, I'll see to you. What is your three-word match review? I may be breaking the rules here and going a little bit with the fourth word, but I'm pretty much using the one phrase saying work to be done. Because for me, that's that's it's just the first game. Looked a little bit out of sorts, obviously, because of the chain side. A um, couple, couple of players come back. Um, but, uh, you know, overall work to be done and we got to see how, uh, Emma, Emma changes things up to, to go into the new season. Well, I think maybe just so the people know how many changes were actually occurring when you look at the initial lineup. So there's Berger, there's Carter, there's England, there's Wrighton, there's Cuthbert, there's Harder, Spence. Okay. So we know most of those names, you know, even the casual is going to recognize maybe a few there, but then you go to Fox, Beaver Jones, Wardlaw, Derry, Allman, Brown, Bowers, Dungate, Palmer, Nichols, Blades, McGowan, Thompson, uh, Guyot, and Tele. Just <laughs> there's a lot in there that for people who are not necessarily close to the game, not necessarily dialed in, haven't necessarily double clicked into it too much. There's gonna be a lot of names that they're un- unfamiliar with there. So, and they flipped basically the entire side at the second half. Uh, there was a, a, a casual nine sub per side, an 18 sub moment. And I do enjoy that Matt Davies Adams on the broadcast through the fifth stand mentioned that it was a pretty, he called it lazy from the match day commentator for not announcing all the names. <laughs> Just said there's nine subs for each side. Uh, so he definitely called it out there. But yes, and I, I think mine... Um, would have been something related to that, but I'm going to go with air quotes controversies, mainly because there was a controversy that spewed out of this game, which was the Aaron Cuthbert tackle that, you know, had garnered unfortunate abuse to her as a player because Arsenal supporters or people thought that maybe she had gotten too hard. Uh, it's a very clean tackle. She gets the ball. It's actually just a weird movement from, you know, Nobbs kind of on the back end there where she just really plants awkwardly and ends up going down injured and getting, you know, kind of stretchered off. It was just A, something you never want to see. B, we wish for a super speedy recovery there. You know, she's had such a, a rough go of it, you know, ACL, missing the Olympics, like all of these things kind of getting back into fighting form and then to go out in a friendly is not what you're hoping for. But man, like it's just, just because there's not international eyes on this game, it's not receiving the same number of eyes as like the men's team in the Euros and the uh, abuse that the England's men players received um, for missing penalties. Like I, I went to Cuthbert's Instagram 
Abdullah, and there were plenty of people yeah. who just were flooding in with comments on old posts talking about how she's brain dead or other things for the challenge that she put in. It's This is not right. It's a super <laughs> bummer. And for something that actually, when you look back on it, there was nothing that <laughs> really malicious about it. Just at speed, it, if because you're looking at it quickly on a terrible stream, that you don't catch all of the minutia of it. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's it's while it is a preseason game, you're not going to take it lightly. I mean, you are playing, you know, top tier opposition. She is a hard hitting player in a sense of like her play style. The tackle was clean. Yeah, okay, fine. It was a shoulder to shoulder collision, but um, and you know, and then knobs went down. Like you said, awkward kind of tumbling coming together, and then just an unfortunate series of events. It looks hard in the first, you know, first sighting, but I know it's guys. It's it's preseason. Like it's let's let's. Let's let it slide and let's just move on. I don't think I don't think any player wants to be injuring other players, especially in preseason, let alone in a, in a regular season game. All right, so now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about what we've learned. So if you were to kind of maybe summarize just one thing that you learned in this match today, what is it you're taking away as the, the headline? Well, Except for the fact that they've lost, um, <laughs> uh, I would say that I, I think I think it's a very talented group of players. I think I think the young the youngsters that are coming through in this in this in this squad, and it's weird to call them youngsters just because I know that I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum of age to, to most of them. So it's like you, you can call them that, um, but it's I think I think there's there's a there's a there's a potential to to really be able to get a nice homegrown deep squad going. Uh, in the future, you know, uh, we'll go, we'll get into it in, in a couple of minutes, but um, there've been a couple of players that we, you know, that, that, that really showed themselves today. And you know what, they've, they've shown a little bit of talent, a little bit of glimpse of what we can expect from them in the future. So I, I think there's, there's scope for at least one or two of these players to, to make it into the first team uh, eventually. Yeah. I felt a similar way when I was just kind of watching some of it and, you know, taking some notes on the match today, but in general, we got to see, a bunch of players and unlike the men's academy where the the dev squad gets a little bit more in terms of stream game presence like a a lot of these players with the way that the lockdown structure was weren't playing competitive football for a significant period of time so this is like the first match back for many of them against uh, another side and the the access if you are not a part of the infrastructure or maybe a direct family relative or someone who's close to the club to actually see these players and see how they're progressing is so much harder to do. And that, that just the access level to the women's side of the game just hasn't built up that infrastructure for streaming and education around these players hasn't developed at the same pace that the appetite for the men's side has where people know Levi Colwell because you know, he's a Chelsea Academy uh, player who's out on youth and people are excited about him because he's a member of the Lone Army. And there's nothing wrong about that. Like, it's super great that we are excited about our young talent, but it just shows how easy it is to quickly identify and get access to information and learning and understanding. Whereas someone like Blades comes out today and gets that, <laughs> gets that goal with the first shot that he had on target and you're like, okay, like I have not seen this player before and I'm very excited to finally get the opportunity after hearing things from people around the game and kind of inside the, 
you know, the infrastructure to know like who to be excited about and actually see it come to fruition is great. But I mean, I, do you see that same problem as well when you kind of like think about, I mean, you're, you're writing the book. Let's remind everybody you're re- legitimately writing the book on the Chelsea women's team. How many of these players had you seen in any capacity or like what was the depth of knowledge that you had on them heading into this match? So totally not going to lie to you. I think 95% of them, I have probably heard of a couple of names because a couple of them made the bench, uh, you know, made the bench last season. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, so I would say probably like Beaver Jones was there. was on the bench there a couple of times, you know, uh, pretty much she's the one that to me stands out as a name that I've seen before. Right. Whereas the rest, um, unfortunately, and, and, and I even Fox, sorry, Beaver Jones and Fox probably the two, but the rest of them, I probably say that we've not heard enough, and that's, that's uh, like you said, it's the it's the access to watching them on a regular basis, week in, week out, um, you know, and it's like I said, it's the same sort of like uh, eye, keen eye that's cast on the on the men's, you know, youth, you know, youth academy, and you know, we know who. It's almost like we know even with the under seventeen is going out on loan, like we know where they're going, like. Uh, you know, Miles Parrot Hart, who just moved to Southampton, you know, like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that, that even though a lot of people don't know him, but there was still a lot of clamor behind it. Like there was, you know, there were people who were actively going, wow, we've lost another big talent. But the fact that we've got an under 17, 18 that people are worried about, like we don't have the same sort of um, coverage on, on, on the women's side. Which, but, I, but I'm hoping that in, in, in the years to come, that will change because if Chelsea as an organization and as a club, are trying to mimic both sides as the same, which they've already done with the first team, then I'm pretty sure it's a matter of time before the youth academy gets the same sort of level of recognition and kind of work uh, on the women's side as it is on the men's side. I was going to go with the thing that I learned being about the, the youth, but to give us maybe just a different point, I would say it underlined for me the need for fullbacks. You know, we've talked a little bit about Emma wanting fullbacks, wanting to go into the market, maybe make a special signing here to help elevate that side of the game. And and no disrespect to the young players who were going up against maybe some more senior players on the Arsenal side. Again, Chelsea sent 11 women to the Olympics, uh, many of our core players, and uh, not every team in the FA WSL did that. So when you keep that in mind, uh, we were playing a much more depleted side. And just, you know, we really struggled. We really struggled with the runs on both of the wings and trying to defend. So many times Arsenal was able to break the pass to a fullback um, who then could kind of get the overlap with the forward attacker, make the pinch of the cutback into the box to set someone up. And again, it wasn't like we lost by a significant margin. It was a two-to-one match. But if Arsenal were a little bit more dialed in, and they weren't going up against, again, the best wall in all of London, it potentially could have been a different end result. And so I think that, to me, was something that I knew it was a position we wanted to strengthen Abdullah, but it wasn't necessarily until that moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, our depth on this position is not good. We've makeshifted a little bit last season, and we do really still need that signing to shore up what is going to be a difficult title defense. Uh, 100% agreed. I, I would even say you, I mean, to be safe, I would even bring in two reinforcements just because of after Mielda kind of got injured, 
we really just saw how much she was from from being a converted right back to basically becoming a very good one. She basically was our best fullback, and to kind of go from losing her to then having to, like you said, makeshift with Jess Carter, and then Charles had to come in, and then obviously Yona got dropped, so then you had to you know move players across, and Jess Carter played at left back at times, and Neem Charles at right back, and I think. You know, if anything, for me, that should have been the first, you know, the first signing of the season. You know, Newman, obviously, fantastic player, and I'm, I'm excited to see her play. But she, I think, fullback should have been first. Uh, I mean, just look at the other side, right? Arsenal, they have Steph Catley, who's gone, who's playing Australian duty, right? Playing, playing for them over there. But they still have Noah Moritz, who's, Moritz who started the game, right? Really good young, uh, young fullback. They still have Lisa Evans and McCabe, who did play, and who's not, they're not naturally fullbacks but the depth they played full seasons for Arsenal at fullback you know each of them so it's not like they do, I mean Arsenal had like probably three or four good options for them this in this game and Chelsea pretty much had to once again rely on youth in this game and 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 and, and you know and you can look at it while, while Yona and 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 Marmieldo are probably your first choices at this at this rate because of you know what you have available to you um just probably going to need at least one or two more to come in minimum one obviously but i think i would i would be safer with two coming in yeah i think the maybe the other thing i noticed as well is that we definitely got pressed the the way that arsenal compressed the side during the match was very impressive i mean they played such a high line and really for the first half I kind of felt like we really struggled to find goodness in terms of getting the ball forward. You know, Beth England uh, definitely had some opportunities in this match, but I think there was a lot that we can dig into as well with like, what, what are we still having questions about? Maybe performances that, you know, left us wanting to understand a little bit more, but let's maybe just before that start with a little bit of a positive. If you were to kind of highlight maybe some of the players who excelled today, in a loss who again a preseason loss so it doesn't matter unless you want it to matter if we won hell yeah we'd beat our chest we'd be super excited about it because that's the way this works if you lose it's preseason and it doesn't matter um who who are some that you would point out as maybe maybe one or two or three that you were really excited about i think first and foremost gotta 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 give a shout out to rana blades who scored the goal uh, you know, oh, yeah. first first shot on target. I think she had a shoot. I think what what I liked about the goal was not even the goal itself, but I love the build up towards it, where she really she pressed Arsenal high up the pitch. You know that determination wins the ball back, and then showed good composure and skill to kind of get in, in a one v one position and kind of kind of slot it home because that, those that's that's the that's the tricky part, right? Like that's where you. You look at many players and that's where they break. And, you know, we've seen Team Werner on the men's side time and time again, you know, fail to put away one one of their chances. So if Rana Blades is, is doing that against Arsenal at the Emirates with a crowd, um, you know, then I think that's 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 that bodes well. Uh, and then secondly, I, I definitely have to go with Aaron Cuthbert, one of the senior players that did step up today. Um, and she kind of played that hard-hitting, tackling role that I have been calling for for, for months. And I'm going to harp on this until the day she's a permanent fixture in that in that defensive midfield, uh, or they sign at somebody else who does that. But um, yeah, Aaron Casper for me, another one um, who really who really like she looked up for it. She looked like you know she she's ready to win her place back in the side and 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 kind of go from there. And then kind of probably the last one is 
you know, the wall, the German wall, Anne Katchenberger just kind of doing her thing. Yes, two goals conceded, but, um, you know, uh, the first one, I would probably put it down to some a little bit poor defending. And, uh, you know, we just take it from there. So those, those, those would be my three. It definitely was a makeshift defense in front of her. And yeah. I think there were a couple, there, there were more than a few comments about Berger essentially babysitting the squad at one point because of the amount of changes that happened from the first half into the second half. And, yeah, don't necessarily love the, the connotation, but, you know, I mean, she was the senior player on the pitch for an extended period of time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like, look, I think she had a she had some really good distribution today. I think there were a couple times that she caught our attackers in in stride and was able to really draw the game out. And I think it was nice to see maybe a different approach, particularly, you know, Arsenal pushing very high in, pressing every individual player, particularly the fullbacks, really trying to make our defense crumble because of that inexperience and Berger kind of knowing that saying, Hey, you know what, instead of trying to play it out of the back, let me try to shoot it long. Let me try to get it at somebody. And if the touches had been a little bit better on some of the receptions, some of the one, two off of it, or the first ball, the first touch, we could have really, really tested Arsenal just a touch more. And I think that's something I'll be interested to see how much we try that. Uh, maybe in, in Europe this season or another kind of, like, I think this is all like the, what are they trying? What are we going to, what are we seeing a example of at this moment in preseason that might actually make it as a part of the current, you know, the strategy moving forward? Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think, I think, um, I think Chelsea last season were very, uh, not all the time. I think they mixed it up a little bit, but they were. They, they went, it's almost like when they needed to go direct, they went direct through Magda and and, and Millie Bright, um, kind of stepping up and 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 kind of almost like when, especially when Sophie Ingle played, she would kind of drop back into a center back position, allowed Millie Bright to step up and play those diagonal balls across. Um, I think this time, I think they know that teams are gonna possibly gonna press them even higher, kind of because they know that. You put enough pressure on on some of these defenders in, in an isolated area, there's a chance you could win it back. And um, so maybe they're trying to use Anne Katchenberger to kind of be that playmaker from the back and use her as those direct outlets rather than going through the center backs if if the case does arise. So probably the I mean again like we said makeshift uh, squad you know team today, but probably the uh, that that would probably be the like like you said the one sort of like I I can see that being implemented in. Uh, in the regular season, so I think I think we'll have to wait for at least a one, at least at least like one 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 or two more games, and then Emma has to be back on the sidelines to because you know, like we said, Emma probably will come back, adjust things mid game, see how things go, mm-hmm. like let's get our Olympians back as well, and then you know, and then really try and hammer it home. But yeah, that's that's what I would take away from it. All right, well, those are three player performances we wanted to call out. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna thank the sponsor for financially supporting the show, and we'll be right back. All right, so on the flip side, we want to kind of just quickly rattle through a couple of performances that just maybe they're head scratchers. Maybe we think that they are going to take a look at this match. They're going to look at their tape. They're going to think about their performance and maybe go back to be like, what do I need to do differently heading into the next preseason game? And I think maybe the theme of that is because these are you and I came up with the same list. They're senior players who potentially are more rotational in 
or under threat from those Olympians who are going to be returning? Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it was a chance for some of these senior players to stake their claim into a side that is brimming with, with a lot of forward talent, especially, and considering that at least, so, so of my three, I would say Beth England, Brewer Wright, and, and <clears throat> Andrew Spence, uh, probably the three that you know could have could have done better to stake their claim and kind of lead this young side forward against uh, you know almost a, what looks like a rampant Arsenal side at least in, in preseason. Um, you know, England comes from being second highest goal scorer you know two seasons ago to then losing her place to Sam Kerr and Penny Lahada. You know, you would have thought that she would be wanting to gun for a place back. Right, and again, first season comes in. You know, a lot of assists played really really well in every game that she was there. She almost looked like she slotted in immediately. And then kind of Drew Spence has got a lot of talent. I, I, I still think that she's got something in her to be able to, you know, make her way in and especially play in the double pivot, uh, you know, that that, that Chelsea have. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think they are, although with her, I think Volti and, and, and Manum played an extremely good game. So I would, I would caveat Spence's performance because Arsenal's double pivot were A, experienced and B, really, really, really good. Um, but more so on the first two players where I think they could have uh, probably tried to go a little bit better because they weren't up against the best Arsenal defense. Definitely not their first choice. No Williamson uh, and Co. So uh, I think that's where that's where I would go. I think Spence might maybe was just a touched handicap by the fact that all of her supporting cast today was not necessarily who she'd be looking to the left and the right to get support from. Obviously, she's yeah. got the relationship with Berger, but... When you look at the fullback situation, you look at, you know, maybe some of the midfield options, not necessarily getting that same cerebral connection, right? The telepathy modes have not been established yet. And so, you know, she was kind of having to clean up, had a couple of really good, good tackles in there, but maybe on a whole, you would expect it maybe just a touch above to really look at cementing herself as, you know, a first choice option. I think England is, is going to be the big one that I think has a question mark. And I think this is maybe kind of thinking about just questions we have heading into the, the next match that we have. But England, to me, is in a really precarious spot. We just signed James, right? We yeah. have Harder, who we hope is okay. You know, she came off with a limp, seemed precautionary. We didn't necessarily get too much communication after the match on where she's at, and we just... You know, hope that she's okay because she's incredible. You have Fran Kirby, like you, you know, come back from the Olympics. So like there's there's yeah. a whole lot of attacking options that Emma Hayes has. And you know, we saw at the tail end of the season, particularly in the Champions League run-up, I mean, England was the sub, right? You know, she was not necessarily yeah. the first name on the team sheet like she had been a season prior. And you would have to wonder what is she going to need to do between now and the start of the season to potentially be that first choice option? And the answer is going to be goals because what we also know is that Emma's willing to ride the hot hands. And so if England starts scoring two or three, they head into the first match, maybe because of the Olympics and travel restrictions, you know, maybe a couple of players don't get into the first game and she goes off and starts on a tear, she could be settled for a little bit. And the other players we're talking about might not have an easy way back in. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with you. And if, if, if and especially if Australia tomorrow uh, goes through to the, you know, to, to the gold medal match, 
then you're definitely looking at Sam Kerr definitely missing the first couple of games just to get some rest, you know, after after a tenuous uh, season and you know and, and off season. So this is this is this is England's chance to really show Emma that she can blend into the tactics that she wants um, and at the same time produce the goods that she had a couple of seasons ago. And and, and you know what I like about England though is she does present a different option to the mm-hmm. to the other strikers that, that that Chelsea have, like Harder, Sam Kerr, Frank Kirby. They're all I mean, I think everyone's got their own strength, but I think those three complement each other, obviously. But what I found, especially with last season when she did come in, Beth England, that she she just gives you this almost like this directness. You know, you can you can go for a different route, a different option to the way you want to play. And I feel like England's a very important player in that regard. And I think in my opinion, it, she wasn't used as much as a, as a game-changing option last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like there were there were times where you could have, you know, Emma could have made changes and brought on Beth England for maybe, you know, for a second half or at least giving her more than 10, 15 minutes in a game to kind of really change things up. So I, I think I think, I think think it's a little bit of rustiness as well with England that having not had a, a very stop-start season last season, right? Um so I think I think this first game fine, fair enough. I while we can say that she needs to show more in the next match, I won't give her the benefit. I'll probably give all the players the benefit of the doubt that it's the first game and they've all kind of been in and out of the side. Uh, but I think England in the next game has to perform because this is her chance to get back in the team ahead of Sam Kern, at least get herself a head start in terms of regardless of whether Sam Kerr retains her place for the third or fourth game. It's it, it, at least it puts it in, in in Emma's head that you know what I've got Beth England who's in form and let's not forget the first game's Arsenal so yeah. you want to be in the squad for that game and if you impress against Arsenal you know and especially after they played today with with you know Jonas Einval is sitting in quarantine but his team looked fantastic so you know you want to be in that squad you want to be in that starting eleven for Arsenal so uh, I think I think I think it, that should hopefully uh, give it the motivation to to perform in the next game. It's going to be critical that she gets going. And I think to the point that you made, just, you know, if she is firing on all cylinders, that is the best problem for Emma Hayes to have this season, to have multiple attackers who are all just absolutely gunning it, that are all scoring goals, assisting each other. You know, I think the one thing that was interesting with England in this match, she was dropping super far back. And I think she was definitely more isolated than she would typically be in a system where Fran Kirby is on one side and kind of really pushing that ball all the way up down to the byline. And so I, I think that's where, to the point that you made, there's definitely some, hey, you know what? It's still preseason. We're still shaking off the rust. We're not necessarily the final product yet that we should just keep in mind for, for all of these players. So maybe let's go to a, a question you have, like what's the question you want answered over the next, you know, one or two preseason games here. I, my, I think, I think and we were talking about this off air. I want to know what the, the, I mean, besides the obvious tactics that they're going to play, what are there going to be any alternative tactics? Is she going to finally, use maybe a completely different system is emma going to bring in some tactical tweaks to the current system because for me while they got to the champions league final i think we can all admit that there was a little bit of luck involved with the penalties against Atletico madrid wolfsburg having you know doing well in the first like hitting the post Bayern munich won the first you know in, in the semi-final won the first like chelsea came back and, and, and demolished them in the second uh, and then barcelona did, did barcelona things 
But for me, I felt like the tactics in each and every one of those games were very, very similar and there weren't too many changes. And I think teams have caught on to that now. You know, you're not, you can't expect Leon to have another season like they did. You can't expect, you know, PSG are going to come back, even though they're going through a rebuild. So I think teams will just look at the footage from last season and be like, if they're going to do the same thing, we know how to beat this. So I want to see if she does anything different. That's fair. Uh, I, I think we will definitely get a chance to see that as more of the team comes back, more of the team is available to participate and Emma is also back as well. You know, Paul Green being out there today was uh, great to see another figure of the Chelsea women's uh, leadership team, but, you know, ultimately really good to, you know, get the first game out of the way. So we're going to switch gears real quick uh, before we get out of here. We're going to talk about the Chelsea women who have been on display at the Olympics. So uh, again, we talked about 11 of them. <laughs> uh, Bright, Charles, Ingle, Kirby, Telfoy, Fleming, uh, Nguyen, the new signing, Anderson, Erickson, uh, Musovic, and then Kerr, all getting a chance to play for their countries and having fun while doing it. Unfortunately for the England fans, uh, they did go out. Um, yeah, that was a uh, you know tough game where Sam Kerr just did Sam Kerr things. So maybe we should start there. We should talk about Sam Kerr and how she is just an absolutely dominant and inevitable force in the game of football. Yeah, Sam Kerr is just doing Sam Kerr things, as we know. She's scoring goals, and I think in the beginning of the tournament with the group stages, it was it was very much um, it was very much a case of you know Australia lacking a little bit of creativity. How do we get the ball to Sam Kerr? And then just in the game, you know, in, in the last week's quarterfinal, she just showed up against you know um, uh, you know against Team GB and and, and all that, and and completely just went and said you know what i'm uh i'm gonna show myself i'm, I'm here to i'm here to uh, I, I lead this australian team this is my team and she you know she and she did it without her chelsea counterparts playing against her which i think she said at the end of the game that she was glad that none of her chelsea teammates played because they needed a hard stopper and she was able to kind of have free reign over there so i think I, I would I would argue that I think Kerr is having probably the best uh, of of the lot, you know, the best season of the lot. Um, yeah, so that's that would be my thing with with Sam Kerr. What do you think? Oh, yeah, Sam Kerr definitely. If we're if we're giving medals for who's enjoying it the most, uh, clearly enjoying it and having fun while doing it. You know, she's uh, one point one five goals per ninety. She's got five goals in total. She's uh, number two. Uh, in terms of goals plus assists uh, tied with, I think, White and, and one other. So, I mean, ultimately, there's been uh, she's been a part of some really good performances. Australia as a whole, you know, when they were in their group stage, one win, one loss, one draw, uh, a negative goal difference, but managed to make it out as a part of the third ranked teams and draw Great Britain. And uh, yeah, does, does does the business, I think. Magda is looking sharp. I think that she is someone I'm super excited to see back in our side. You know, obviously not Sweden's captain, but our captain uh, scored the opener in their win versus Japan in the quarterfinal match. Uh, their team in general, plus seven in the group stage for goal difference. So they were not letting in too many goals, uh, two goals allowed and versus nine scored. So, I mean, she's been a part of some really solid performances. And you know, I think that's the type of mentality you want to see come back into our side and to, for her to be in good fitness and good form is going to be, you know, I think, a real blessing to the the defense. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And she's you know she's played a couple of different positions, left centre back, and she's played a left back as well. So her versatility coming into it, um, you know, she's already had about she's had thirteen interceptions across these three games, uh, and, and she's had about um, a fifty percent plus dual per, you know dual percentage with success rate, especially against New Zealand. She had a ninety three percent success rate. So it basically shows that she's she's kind of been able to come in and 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 really. Um, you know, show her class defensively. Um, I, although I will say that while Japan was a tough game, I really think we'll see her being tested uh, tomorrow. I think that'll be her first real big test, and I'm, I'm hoping that she comes through it. Um, but with her experience and everything, and, and then the way Sweden play, depending on whether they play a three or a four at the back, you know, uh, depends on the tactics tomorrow. But and I think I think I had the formation. I think she's their leader without being the captain, like you said. And yeah. um, to me, I think her playing at a either whether she's playing a left back or whether she's playing a left centre back. For me, I think she's one of the more important players, and 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 kind of kind of rooting for them to to go through and take it home. Really, that that is the so Sweden is your, your Sweden's my goal. So yeah, so I, I think I think pre 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 Olympics, I, I I was I was I was calling Sweden for gold. So for me, it's going to be Sweden gold. Okay, so Sweden goal, and then to put you on the spot, who ends up as the silver and then uh, bronze runner-up? Bronze. So my initial predictions were Sweden, the Netherlands, and Team GB, of which now two oh, of no, my no, predictions are... You don't need are... to give people... The, you don't need to give those. That's okay. We were going to allow you to recreate history at this moment. It's this fine. Is pretty you didn't it's have fine. to do that. I mean, I'm happy you did. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, ma- I'm a man of honor, so I I got, I got to bring it out. It's, it's already it's already out there on the internet, so people can catch me out anyway. Fair, um, but I think now, I think it's Sweden for gold. The U.S. seem to be stepping up at the right time, so I'd throw them in for for silver, and um, I think I'll give the Canadians the bronze. Wow. Okay, that is going to be a really interesting. <laughs> Uh, podium type of experience there if that is what ends up happening but uh, obviously there's uh, some bias here towards wanting the U.S. women's team to do well but if they were not to advance uh, the team with the most Chelsea players is probably the team I would usually choose in international tournaments and so I am all aboard Sweden getting to do well but I mean you also you would miss out on Sam Kerr celebrations if if Australia don't win a gold so it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, let us know who you were rooting for. You know, hit us up in the comments. Let us know in Discord. We're super excited uh, to get Abdullah back on to talk about the women's team, talk about the Chelsea women just absolutely dominating the Olympics as it stands. But uh, we're going to be talking about the Chelsea women playing this season. Their season is just getting started again. This was the first preseason match. But they have more coming. Uh, Abdullah, any final thoughts before we hop out of here? Uh so I hope we see some good games tomorrow and uh you know I think it's going to be an exciting week and um who knows maybe maybe somebody surprises us from the rest of this tournament and we end up signing them as uh as one of our players so let's see oh no not the tournament tax not the tournament bump <laughs> All right, well, it could happen. It could happen. But Emma Hayes is shrewd and smart and absolutely is going to do the right thing for Chelsea. So in her, we trust. But that's going to wrap us up for this one, Chelsea fans. Until next time, you know what to do. Keep a blue flag flying high.